Welcome to the Octo Podcast, everybody. Hello and welcome back to the Off the Dome Podcast, everybody. I uh, hope everybody's doing good today, man, like always. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Um, sad news today. Yesterday, Julio Jones signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, R.I.P. in the chat, boys. R.I.P. in the chat for that one. Um, you see, I got the, you had to rock the gear. You know, him going to, <coughs> him going to, Julio Jones is my favorite player now. When I first got into football, um, I remember watching Michael Vick, and that was who got me to. I was like, I want to do that, and I want to be that guy. So, so once he left, I stuck with Atlanta, and then <laughs> we get Matt Ryan, which is great. He's a stud. First play ever for Matt Ryan, touchdown. is amazing. Um, I was a big Roddy White fan, loved Roddy White, Michael Turner. But then Julio Jones was that guy for me. Julio Jones was like, Ride or die, fucking oh yeah, Julio Jones is shit, dude. One of the fucking, he's a future Hall of Fame receiver for sure. Um, but damn, dude, this one when he went to Tennessee, it was like, all right, I can, <laughs> I can root for him on Tennessee, no problem. Tennessee's like, if we play Tennessee in the Super Bowl, God forbid, I want to beat him in regular season. Uh, so. Now that he's going with the Bucks, it's a little bit different. This one hits home. This one hits home for sure, um, just because, just because of the twenty-eight to three, and I don't like I don't hate him for going there because I get it. It's a, his best chance to really go win a ring, and he wanted to play with Tom Brady, uh, just because he wanted to have a good quarterback. You know, he had Matt Ryan his whole career, and then he goes to Ryan Tannehill. And sorry, Ryan Tannehill's not even on Matt Ryan's level. Ryan Tannehill's definitely a notch down, but so he he's playing with a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's like, I got to play with the Hall of Fame quarterback because that's the only way it works. Like, if he can put the ball right where it needs to be, and I don't have to do all the work but catching it. Julio's not trying to do the work of running his supreme, superb routes because his hammies ain't holding up for that, all right? The fucking hamstrings are not what they used to be. I mean, he's had hamstring issues his whole career, and he's this is him playing through those injuries. Like, I would say maybe the first five seasons he was he was fine because, let's see. No, he, he even had issues back in 2013, his third year. He only played five games that year. I mean, he's played 13, 16, 15, 16, 14. He plays almost every game. Dude doesn't miss games, and now injuries, I mean, it's just caught up with him. He's 30, he's 33 now. This He'll be 33 this season. But he did play 10 games with Tennessee. It's just the, the separation's not there. He's The hamstrings just bother him. I mean, he played nine games in 2020 with us. Just hamstrings on and off. That That's the big thing with him is the hammies. So if he if he can get that right, which he basically had a whole season off, they're not going to push him to in practice. That's why he took so long to sign. He's just been recovering, chilling, getting the body right. I would assume that's what because he knows he knows what he can provide. He can help a team win a championship easily, and he's going to Tampa Bay where he's going to have a Hall of Fame quarterback in Brady. They already have plenty of receivers. They don't need the thing is they don't need him. Atlanta needed him for the longest time. Uh, when he first came in, they didn't need him. He had Roddy White, but then Roddy White got old. They needed him. The rest of that, that time, they needed him. They got Calvin Ridley, released the pressure valve just a little bit, 
But that was when it was towards the end. I mean, they only played like what a year or two, and then they were fucking. He was getting hurt. So, and now Ridley's out <clears throat> for a year. So, it's it's gonna be interesting. But it's nice that he. It, it makes sense for him to go there um, with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. They both had a thousand yards last year. Then Russell Gage signed with him. Uh, he was projected to be their third guy. Um. And he was with Atlanta. He played. He's played with Julio. He was down in Atlanta. He had 700, almost 800 yards last year. I think he had like 776 or something. So, I mean, he's a baller. Um, and then you add Julio. So, Julio's going to come in. They're just going to have a deep rotation of guys that can just come in and, and get it done. Um, so, if Julio is out with an injury, if he does have that hammy flare-up and he has to miss a game, it's not that – It's not. It's he can't afford to miss a game if need be. Yeah, obviously you don't want to have to go through that. You hope he just plays all the games and does really good. But in this situation, he he can afford to miss. With Atlanta, he ne- we never really could afford him to miss games because he was such a big factor in our offense. So he played through it his whole fucking career with Atlanta. That's why he hasn't – it's not showing in his games played because uh, he would just muscle through it. And he's, he's a tough guy, but his, he's old now. You can be a tough guy for so long, but age, father time wins every time. So with Julio – uh, it just sucks. He's going to be in NFC South. The bright side, I get to see his games twice a year. Um, and he's on Tampa, so he's going to be on a lot of prime time. I'm going to get a lot of lot – I get to watch a lot of Julio games this year. That'll be nice. How many fucking prime time games uh, do the Bucks have? Right, they got to have a bunch. Tampa Bay. Let's see. How many <clears> – <throat> Um, is there a list here? Okay, that's I gotta read the whole article for to get that. Uh, they have five primetime games, so I get to see Julio five times, plus another two. Let's see if it's against. Um, let's see if they ha- if it's against Atlanta anytime. I don't think it is. Ours is against Carolina on Thursday night, I think, and that's the only one. So they play Dallas. I get to watch them play the Cowboys. That's week one. Oh, week one. Sunday, they're week one Sunday night football. I get to watch Julio Jones week one Sunday night football. Awesome. Okay. Um, this is a ranking. So, number four, Kansas City Sunday night football again. Uh, well, let me see. Oh, we, it says right there, week four. So, week four. So, week one, week four. Uh, week 13 against the Saints to get Monday Night Football. That'd be the worst one, I would say. Week 8 against Baltimore, they have a Thursday night game. That's nice. And then week 16, Sunday Night Football. Around Christmas night. Okay, nice. So, Chris, for Christmas, I get a Julio game. And then that's not counting the two Falcons games I'm going to watch. So that's going to be a total of seven games I get to watch. I get to watch Julio play seven games. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at him going to win. Obviously, when we play Tampa, I want them to lose. Julio can have 300 yards and they lose and I'll be okay. Like, that's that's how I have to root for him now. I'm rooting for Julio, but not not so much um, Tampa to win or anything. That's the last thing I want to see. But... They have a really good shot. I mean, that, I how how does this push them? I think this makes them the favorite in the NFC, even though even though they have um, 
the Super Bowl champs in the NFC. I think Tampa's the the favorite. I have a hard time going back and forth. I mean, this makes them the favorite. I mean, you get a piece like this. You already had a great defense. Your offensive line's great. You have a good running back. You're having issues apparently with Leonard Fournette's weight, which I heard. He was he coming in like uh, we need to look this up. Was he coming in like Eddie Lacy? Like he was almost pulling Eddie Lacy. I think they said thirty pounds. Leonard, I don't know how you. Um. Okay, Leonard Fournette. Wait, it pops up weight gain. Wait, let's see the news. Look right here. Okay. Uh, report Bucks running back Leonard Fournette reports for training camp at 245 pounds. Was back down to 204 when he reported to camp today. Fournette is back in shape. Okay. Fournette left off coach and he was reported Bucks. Fournette showed up to mini camp at nearly 260, so he ballooned up 15 pounds. Damn. He fluctuated. While Fournette is listed at 228 on the team's official roster. So he's 245. That's a big fucking dude. Not, tackle him's got to fucking just hurt. It, you know how, like, in a, in a football game, you back in the day you play football, and you'd have the rain game. You know, you always had one rain game. And the rain game, if you're lucky, the rain game was the game where it hits hurt. You didn't want it. You didn't want to tackle nobody. So it was an advantage for the offense in the running game because no one wants to tackle a running back, especially if you're tackling a 245-pound freight train in the fucking rain. It just stings a little bit more. In the rain, oh, you're slipping, and, oh, man, you slip, and then you just get bulldozed. Imagine imagine you're trying to make Angle get cut him off and tackle him, and you slip and kind of fall backwards, and he just fucking hits you because he's expecting you to come at you. Good God, dude. 245 pounds, that just not, that would lay on your ass real quick. Um, but, yeah, you would always have that rain game, and that that's what you knew. All right. But it, 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 the advantage went to the defense as well because you couldn't pass. Passing was obsolete in the rain game, especially at that age. Like, nowadays, they can, in the NFL, you know, you can throw the ball in the rain. You're all right. Back then, trying to throw the ball in the rain? Yeah, fucking right, dude. It was sloppy everywhere. Um, so... That's that's where it was it was fun, but it, it was hard to tackle. So you the teams would be running the ball a lot, and man, it would just it would just wear down the defense getting hit, hit like that, constantly, especially that size. Whew. that's a freight train. So yeah, I, th- I think this will be good for the Bucks. I think they have to be the favorite going in now, and it's just crazy the Julio's stats. I mean, if Julio comes in, I was I was looking this up now because uh, he's up there and he's. I thought Antonio Brown was a bit closer to Julio, but you know, Julio's 17 and he's 24 in all-time receiving. Julio, believe it or not, he can jump from 17 to realistically the highest he can get is three. He can pass Terrell Owens at 15.93. He just needs um, a little over 2,000 yards. He needs like 2,500 yards. So um, this season, say he has a thousand-yard season that puts him at 14.30. That gets him. Right. That'll pass Andre uh, Johnson. He'll be uh, just behind uh, Reggie Wayne by like ten yards for for tenth. So 
and then he gets another thousand yards that puts him at 1530 that gets him all the way to four he passed he, he passes randy moss so he just needs two thousand yard seasons to get to four from 17 is he gonna do it no but if he stays healthy and he loves it down there in tampa and he does this and he can get, well the thing is brady ain't staying forever so he needs to get a thousand yards this season because then he's gonna have to he'll have to go somewhere else He'll have to go somewhere else to win it because he's not going to stay in Tampa when Brady's gone because Brady's not staying more than this year, right? Like, he would have to um, – he'd have to go to a different team. See, I always thought I, – I would have rather him gone to the Colts and try to win with Indianapolis and play with Matt Ryan. But It'll be interesting, but I think for yards, man, he's going to pass a lot of guys. He he has a really chance. He just needs a thousand yards, and and I think he can get it. Um, he'd be pra- he'd be pra- passing Tory. He could pass Tory Holt easily. He's that's the first day he's going to pass. So if he has five hundred yards, he'll pass Henry Ellard for fifteenth, and then two more. I mean, and Anquan Bolden. That's a two yard difference. But he'd be passing Anquan Bolden, Chris Carter, James Lofton, Andre Johnson, Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison, Steve Smith, uh, Tim Tim Brown, Tony G, the only tight end that high, Isaac Bruce, Randy Moss, and and T.O. If he just has like a 2,500 yards left in him, I don't know how many more. I mean, he could play a few more seasons. I think he adds value, and he's got to prove it this year. If he does it this year, then teams are going to want to sign him. So he'll have a chance. It's crazy to think that Julio Jones could be a uh, a top three receiver behind Larry, only behind Larry Fitzgerald and Jerry Rice. That's nuts, dude. It's it's possible. That's the only possible. He's not. He'll, it's not possible to say he'll pass Larry. He'll sure as hell ain't passing Jerry. Um. So the only thing with Julio has been his touchdowns. Everyone's saying now that Gronk, uh, since Gronk's not coming back, he's just like Gronk, but a little bit. Uh, uh, not not as heavy. They're like it's Gronk. If he had thirty pounds, it'd be the same as Gronk. Well, uh, excuse me, Julio's never been a touchdown guy. This is going to be the ultimate experiment right here. If Tom Brady gets him a lot of touchdowns, because you want to look at Julio's career, the only knock on this guy is the touchdowns. And I don't know if that's really a knock. I don't know. I don't know if you would say that's a knock. Because you're getting, if you have the yards to be a top three guy, you could, touchdowns aren't going to think. But he's never had more than 10 touchdowns, and that was his second season. Um, this, this is in order in his career on the touchdowns from rookie to now. 8, 10, 2, 6, 8, 6, 3, 8, 6, 3, 1. What? It, let's say, okay, a guy that came up. Came up with him in Antonio Brown. Um, let's see. What are these stats? Passing yards? What the fuck? Okay, let's just go to Antonio Brown's career. So, we said Julio's touchdowns, right? 61. The guy that came up with him, Look at. let's look at Antonio Brown. He has 83. Now, let's listen to his numbers. Remember, Julio only had 10 once. Never had more than 10. That was the only time he had double digits. Slower start for Antonio Brown. Here we go. 0, 2, 5, 8, 13, 10, 12, 
844-859-15144. The 144 is when he was going on a tangent, you know, after the Raiders and all that shit. Went to New England and then Tampa Bay and all that. So, but, the I mean, he had a, he progresses like a rookie normally does. And then, uh, then has a stellar, like, primetime career where it's 13, 10, 12, 9, and 15. Um, he's had some really good seasons, too, at yards. But where Julio's just been consistent his whole career, he's just, cons- just, just consistent. The touchdowns have just been consistently low, but he's been consistent. And Antonio Brown does the same thing in his, in his yards. He revs up, prime, idles down. 167 his rookie year, then 1108, 787, 1499, 1698, 1834, 1283, and 1297. I mean, he had a really high peak. That's what that's what get, got him so high in yards to begin with, just because he had a really high peak. But, I mean, for three years, uh, he has 56, 43, 554. Uh, 167 so he has a lot of low years that, that factor down his yards but Julio's just been consistent all year other than last year that was his real year where he's just like whoa Julio's been consistent I mean that that's that's been his one MO um so I it'd be interesting man I, I hope he does get things there but we just had to had to send it off to Julio because nah that was in the other team Hate to see it. Um, all right. Oh, big thing we hadn't talked about yet that we need to get caught back up. I, I had put this off for whatever reason. Kind of took a few days off last week. Didn't do a p- couple podcasts, but um, Kyler Murray got paid, which is a big, big news in a different, a couple different reasons. That's big. Um. It's good for the Cardinals. They got their deal done. That's their guy. They want to move forward. They pay him big money. They were comparing it to the Deshaun Watson deal. But the way this thing actually kind of breaks down, it's like the first three years he gets paid, and then the Cardinals have an option to kind of go another direction. If that's not going well, they can get rid of him. Even though he signed a five. Was it a five-year extension? Yeah, so he signed a five-year extension, and it's $219 million. It's $219 million for th- for six years what it comes down to it's it's on paper it's 230 for five but and he's making 46 million in the year but they it says in the first three years after the first three years they have a, a way of getting rid of him so basically it's uh um 3 year 105 and then they can they can get the hell out if they don't like what's happening so Kind of a smart move on uh, the Cardinals' side. They they covered their ass both ways there, I guess. And um, yeah, so I think now this this the other aspect of this deal is Lamar's winning by paying by sitting back. He's now sat back and had waited on this deal to get done. He's now watched Deshaun Watson get Buku Bucks fully guaranteed deal, reset the market. Now Kyler Murray gets paid pretty close to that. And Lamar's like, hmm, now I've won MVP. So I'm going to have to get more than these guys because my value is a lot higher than these guys. I've been the best player in this fucking league at one time. Have they? No. All right, so I'm. you have to value me. Am I not valued more than what they are valued? 
one guy's not even going to play for who knows how long. And, yeah, I think I should get a better deal. And everyone was giving, like, oh, they're not going to get this deal done. Lamar's stupid. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's representing himself. That's why it's fucking up. Uh, representing himself has been the smartest decision he's done because now he's going to fucking make a hell of a lot of money because he waited on these guys to get their deals done. And he's better than them. Uh, statistically, what he's done. And they love, they have no backup plan. He has, he has Baltimore in the palm of their hand. He's like, you guys have, basically put your whole team built it around me if you're gonna not sign me it's not gonna work and when he went out and Tyler Huntley had to come in it was proven it did not work without Lamar Jackson it's not the same thing because that guy's a supreme athlete he's like a modern day Michael Vick and that's that's fact um so shout out for Kyler I think that makes the Cardinals very scary he's clear minded he's not focusing on no deal he's just going out and playing they got him Hollywood Brown to fill in for uh, suspended DeAndre Hopkins but when they when he comes back it's a scary one-two punch he's uh, they're working on the offensive line Arizona's going to be tough the Rams are going to have a, a little tough time there's only a few teams in the NFC that are scary but the ones that are scary they all can compete with winning a championship with these guys Green Bay I think of the lesser teams, has a chance. Tampa Bay obviously has a chance. I, I think they're the favorite. Rams are getting – they pretty much got better. So, uh, for the most part, it's a toss-up between the Bucks and the Rams, who I think is winning the NFC. I don't think Green Bay has enough. They'd have to pray for injuries on one of these teams. I mean, truthfully, and I, I'm not trying to say that they would, but they would need an injury or something because they're not – they don't have enough pieces that they do. They're more complete. Um, and then besides that, the Cardinals, the Cardinals now are going to be pretty scary depending on how they, if they can get it all together and, and put it together, they'll be damn good. So the Cardinals are, are scary. Um, but everyone, we don't know about the 49ers. I think the Eagles are going to be really good. The Cowboys are the Cowboys. They're pretenders, not, uh, they're not real threats. Um, sorry, Cowboys nation, but you guys aren't threats. You, you really aren't. Um, I think the Eagles are more of a threat. I think the Eagles win that division, truthfully. I think the Eagles are going to be nasty. I think Jalen Hurts locks in. A.J. Brown with Devontae uh, Smith, the Heisman winner at receiver. Uh, yeah, sign me up. They have one of the best O-lines in the game. Always had a solid run game that they could use. Um, I, I just I think they're going to be damn good this year. They, they, to me, are one of the scarier sleeper teams. Real sleeper teams because, you know, they didn't prove nothing last year. No one's high on them this year. But the A.J. Brown move kind of raised some eyebrows. So I think Eagles would be watched out for. Um, what The Panthers, we don't. I, I can't place the Panthers with Baker now because I don't know because I really like that team. And I thought if Baker went there, they would be really good. But I don't know where I can – I don't know how they're going to fare. i got to see it in action before I can really put my – back that up. I have no base on that. So, yeah, I, th I think it's interesting. N NFC side – AFC is a wild west, but NFC is going to be interesting because uh, there's not many teams. I think the Cardinals, though, with this deal done, it helps them, and they move on with this shit. They don't have to worry about it. We're not fucking cleansing social medias and all that shit. They got they got it done. They need what they did what they needed to do, and it was good. Good for them. All good all around. A little bit of sad news when on this NFL shit here that we're on. Uh, Seattle running back Chris Carson retiring at the age of 27. I guess he's had some. Um, 
uh, some neck issues um, that was really hurting his career. This, uh, he announced on the 26th, failed a physical due to his neck injury. Um, it was crazy. He's a seventh-round pick, but he was a solid running back for them, and that might put a wrinkle in their thing, in their what they had going on. Um, Good thing for him, he can reach, he can get seven million in injury protection benefits. So that that's nice. At least he's kind of covered outside of football because you know, you just your career's done. Uh, maybe he can get a comeback going or some modern medicines get get a, a neck fix and get back in there. But who knows? Um, I just thought the man that sucks. He's he wasn't like a, a, a like a great, but he's still in his prime. He was a really solid running back for the Seahawks really holding it down for them because that they were they were in going to that run heavy style with Russ there and that's where it kind of got annoying with him but they were running the ball so much Pete Carroll believes in the run he's old school believes in the run so much but now they're not gonna have Carson so that's gonna be another punch in the gut for them who they just had a terrible offseason I feel like <laughs> unfortunate um Wanted to wrap this thing up with you guys on um, a little bit of NBA. We talked a lot of NBA with my brother last last episode. If you haven't checked that out, man, go go check it out. It's not going to be on the YouTube. So if you're watching this right now on YouTube and you're like, "Oh, I didn't see that episode," it's only on Spotify or wherever you get wherever you listen to um, your podcast. That's where they're going to be. So go go ch- make sure to check that shit out. Um, but uh, and just another little wrinkle on the KD thing. We kind of talked about for the first time KD, uh, the story of KD, and now the Celtics are jumping into the mix. Well, um, I had said Jalen Brown had tweeted after that, shake my head. So, you know, he's kind of like, uh, this is ridiculous. He's not feeling it. Now Jason Tatum, had, he had been asked about it, and he said, I love our team. I love the guys that we got. So he's kind of, they're all kind of supporting each other and saying, hey, we, we like what we're doing here. We're, we're not saying we don't like KD. We don't want KD. We're just saying we like what we got. So they're not not really doing anything either side, not hurting anybody either way, but with that. So I, I, I think I think it sends a message that they really don't want to the front office, hey, we don't we don't we don't we don't need this. We're good with what we're doing, we think we can win. And that's what I was saying. I don't think that makes sense. We 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 me and Hayden talked about this yesterday. We said this doesn't really make any sense. I don't know if it makes it any better because who you what you would have to come up off of. I just to me, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Neither of us thought it did. So I, I just thought I'd give you this because it's been kind of quiet from KD, but and other things, other since that story popped up a few days ago. But um, it just shows they're kind of they're kind of thinking the same thing we're thinking. I think everybody's thinking uh, they probably don't want him. They uh, they're good with what they have. They added a piece in Malcolm Brogdon that's going to make them good and compete. And I think we both thought they were the number one team in the East. I think they are. So you're going to give that up for what? KD? And you don't know if that's going to make you better. You know you know what you have now works. You got that far. You can get farther with a little bit more that you added. So I think that's that's where they're I think that's where they're at. They're good. So with that being said, man, that's all I got for y'all. Have you, I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Um, Keep doing your shit. Keep pushing. Keep grinding. Get get that money. Um, I love y'all. Peace.